0: Hey, friends and welcome to another episode of the U-Turn Podcast. This is your host, Ashley Stahl. And for those of you who don't know me, I'm a counterterrorism professional turned career and life coach, as well as a Forbes columnist and the founder of Cake Publishing Ghostwriting House. I created the U-Turn Podcast because, let's face it, every now and again, we wake up and realize our life has been going on autopilot and it's time to make a U-Turn. So prepare to go deep with some of the most transformational people I know, whether it's best-selling authors, CEOs, coaches, professors you name it they're all here to help you grow and upgrade your life whether it's in work whether it's in love or your mindset so make sure you stay tuned for the end of every episode where i reflect on the conversation and offer you actionable coaching insights to have an impact on your life now let's get started with this week's guest I'm here with Selena Sue and she is such an incredible expert on personal branding how to build effective relationships that elevate your career and your business Selena welcome to the
1: show thank you for having me
0: yeah um, we've been it's been a long time coming we've had this on the calendar and I'm, I'm so excited because I know you're really a genius at relationships and that's why we uh, for those of you listening we decided to talk about how to build relationships with people that can actually help you so I know you have five key points, um, but before we get into those, what is your story or what got you into this place where you are just such a ninja relationship builder?
1: Thank you. Um, Well, so it began in my mid-20s when I had a quarter-life crisis, and I was working at a nonprofit making about $40,000 a year, and while it was, you know, I was in a way, working my dream job on the inside. I was just falling apart. I had really low self-esteem and self-worth issues. And I discovered this woman's life coaching group. And so I joined this group. Um, We would meet like every Wednesday night, sit around in a circle. And I got exposed to all these different books from thought leaders like Deepak Chopra, Marianne Williamson, Louise Hay. And I just thought, wow, these people are so amazing, you know, because, you know, through these books and through other entrepreneurs like Marie Forleo and Ramit Sethi, I realized, you know, that when people are suffering and in pain, they're not just looking for more information, they're looking for inspiration. And I was really inspired by these role models who embody this message of possibility that you can create a better life for yourself, that you can leave a toxic relationship, heal your health, find your dream job, start a business or a side hustle. And so I've always been really passionate about people who have a powerful message. And so I've always loved to connect those people because I love. to you know, help those people who are like who feel like a hidden gem become a household name in their industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of became this natural connector because I wanted to be helpful. I wanted more people to know about these incredible people, and that kind of leads me to where I am today. I've had my business for about six years now, and built, um, you know, a really substantial business. I came from, you know, making about $40,000 a year working in a nonprofit. So yeah, I love what I do. And I feel like connecting with influencers is a key part of what I do and what I I help others with.
0: Amazing. And we are cut from the same cloth. It's so interesting because you're mostly helping entrepreneurs, like get out there with their brand. Whereas I'm helping job seekers, like get the job, you know, which is really all the same. Um, What do you think are some of the common blocks, you know, that stop people from building relationships that can really help them?
1: Yeah, no, that's a really great place to start. So, you know, oftentimes we're looking to build relationships with people, you know, and we think about the people we admire. We put them on this pedestal and, you know, it's not that you know, you're not supposed to look up to people, but at the same time, you know, when you put someone on a pedestal, like naturally they start looking down on you. Right. And oftentimes there's this kind of inner kind of monologue going on where you're like, Oh my gosh, who am I to think I could approach this person? They're so much more successful than me. They've got everything. What would they need me for? Like I've got nothing. I don't want to waste their time. And when we have that mindset and we approach people thinking that we're wasting their time and have nothing to offer, it makes it really difficult to build an authentic relationship and the thing is that all of us have value to add as human beings and there's so many different ways to do that And so one of my favorite things is helping people find creative ways to add value and stand out. And that's really how you level the playing field in your mind when you feel like I've got nothing to offer. Who am I to talk to this person? Can I really connect with them? Because when you start becoming this helpful person and contributing to them, you are creating value in the world. Um, And so, yeah, that and that is really like the biggest secret to connect with busy people because, you know, and even if we look at kind of what is what it's like for each of us, right, there are hundreds, thousands of people we know, I mean, we probably have, you know, hundreds, thousands of Facebook contacts, but there's, you know, a much smaller group of people that we actually stay in touch with, that we're close to, that we support, that we care about. And so, everyone is in our life because they add value to us in some way or another. And it's not like something that's overly transactional, but think about it, like, you know, your best friend is probably someone who um, is just such a great listener or makes you laugh, or you just feel like you can be yourself around them. You know, whatever it is, like that person is adding value to you in some way. And so, I love helping people figure out, okay, how can I be more valuable to the people around me?
0: And what a beautiful way to enter into networking, for lack of a better term, because that is building relationships coming in with a mindset of like how do I add value and I'm on the same page as you Selena I'm I'm possessed by it like the (laughs) moment I see a person walk into the room my head is already like especially somebody I want to talk to I'm like I will not even step foot in front of them until I am clear how I'm ready to add value to them.
1: Oh, I love it. Yeah, and I really think it's such a lifestyle. It's not like, okay, I do this once. It's just, you know, it's a mindset and a lifestyle.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I'm noticing, though, Selena, I mean, you're pretty polished. You're pretty well-spoken. Obviously, you built a business around it. But not all of us, you know, have a way of being where our words just come out so beautifully. Um, Are there any suggestions you have for somebody you know, as they're entering into this world of building relationships with people that can help them? Any shifts you can help them so that they can speak more effectively or dazzle people uh, more authentically?
1: It's so funny that you say that because I used to be so terrified of public speaking. (laughs) And before I started my business, I was in business school. And we would get into groups sometimes for projects and would have to go around and introduce ourselves maybe share what we, you know, want to do after school. And like the whole time I would like just be in my own head, like mentally rehearsing, like the 15 second thing I was going to say, I just was so uncomfortable being seen and talking and. Um, I remember when I started my business, I did my first interview, um, a client wanted to share my work with her audience, I had so many filler words, and my I had my interns count, because I was also you know, in um, Toastmasters at the time, and there were literally like 137 filler words, and it was so embarrassing, and I really didn't want to release the interview.
0: <laughs> when you say filler but- words, do you mean like, like, or, um...
1: Yeah, like, um, so, you know, and all those things make it sound like you're lacking in confidence in Mm. some way and sounding less polished. So that's actually how I used to talk in general. And I think I've just become more mindful of that. I mean, the way that you get better with public speaking is by doing it a lot. And it's been something that I've been working on for so many years, but more intensively as a business owner, because a big part of my business has been, you know, doing webinars and podcast interviews and things like that. So it comes with a lot of practice. But before that, you know, I would occasionally get some public speaking coaching or just kind of once in a while, um, you know, try to work on it. But sometimes I feel like kind of like fully immersing yourself is the way to do it. So I think that for everyone listening, you know, think about ways, well, what, what, one are like opportunities for you to present more? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there's a leadership role that you can take on at work, or maybe there are, you know, leadership you know, or just different meetings that you can lead, but just find opportunities to practice speaking more. And also get feedback because I also learned a lot of things about how I would present myself. So initially, like I was not smiling at all. And in my head, I thought I was smiling. Oh, but no. I, Do you
0: have like yeah. resting bitch face by accident?
1: Yeah. Like, or, and I kind of seem like unhappy.
0: But oh, I wasn't. no. Oh, no. I used to have that at the Pentagon. But I think I was actually unhappy. So maybe that's a different thing.
1: Right. Oh, well, and even if you aren't happy, you got to cover it up with a smile. And so there are things like that. And I, you know, when I used to do interviews, my eyes would dart. And I'm so you know, I'm naturally very introverted. So I kind of like, I'm kind of in my head. And, you know, it just looks like I'm not engaged or it, so anyways, I got like a lot of feedback. I mean, I was watching like video recordings of like, I was, like, hearing my filler words and all of that. So, yeah, I mean, the only way that you get better is, you know, by practicing because you can read books and theories and things like that. You have to do it to get better. So it wasn't overnight. It was a process. And I'm really honored that you're saying that I'm polished and eloquent because, That was not where I started at all. Girl, I used to work in
0: counterterrorism. You sound like you straight out the White House. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, you actually had a really good point that I want to just bring forward. And I'm actually surprised now that I've done so many interviews that nobody's mentioned this. And it's that you went to Toastmasters. Damn. And what an amazing resource. I've written about it to my email subscribers, but I've never brought it up on this podcast. So those of you listening, whether you know about it or you don't, Toastmasters chapters are all over the United States. Is Are they all over the world, Selena, internationally?
1: I think they're all over the world. Yeah. yeah.
0: this international organization. And it's cheap. It's, it's not expensive. What, what is it? Yeah. To, it's, it's like 30 to 100 bucks to join and you have <laughs> weekly meetings and there's a group of people and you can also try different chapters on. So if you Google yeah. your local Toastmaster chapters, you can see you can try on different groups and see which one resonates for you. And it's a weekly meeting. And there's no pressure, I don't think, to go to every single week if you don't want to. But obviously, if you want to commit to your speaking skills, you know, like Selena did, what an amazing opportunity in a non-threatening group of people to actually improve how you step up. And I'm so sure that if you go into something like that, your confidence is gonna shine in so many other areas of your life. Yes. Amazing, that was a mouthful. <laughs> um, so what is so your first step was creating an influencer list as a way to build relationships with people. So can you talk yeah. to me a little bit about A, how that's played a role in your life and just B, like what can anyone listening start to do as it relates to that?
1: Absolutely. So yeah, when it comes to, you know, advancing in your career, achieving your goal, any kind of goal that you have, it's always, you know, there's going to be someone who can open up that door for you. Someone who's going to say yes to you and give you an opportunity. So with everything that you want, it comes down to a person giving you that opportunity. You know, people will say like, who are my influencers? You know, who should be on my influencer list? And oftentimes, you know, when you hear the word influencer, you think like Instagram influencer, you think like Oprah Winfrey or Richard Branson. And the thing is we each want to have our own customized influencer list. And my definition of influencer is somebody who can help you reach your goals faster. So you know, you have to first get clear on what your goals are. So maybe you want to get better at negotiating your salary or getting a promotion at work, or you want to go into a totally new industry or start a side hustle or write a book, you know, whatever it is, you've got this goal and there are people who can help you achieve that goal. And there's different types of influencers. I mean, some, you know, kind of more well-known influencers may be like the experts and leaders in your field who write books and things like that. Um, but they could also be a colleague at work who is a couple of steps ahead of you. It could be someone who is more of a mentor figure, whether informal or formal. Um, influencers can also be your super fans and cheerleader. Um, one of my kind of pet peeves is when I hear people say, like, I don't want to be a fangirl. And I do know where they're coming from. Like, they don't want to come off with that desperate energy. But the truth is, like, I'm a fan of so many people. I'm a fan of all my mentors. I'm a fan of, you know, some of my students and clients and the people in my world. And, you know, influencers aren't just kind of, people who are out of reach. There are also people who are by our side, who are cheering us on, who want to lift us up to the next level. And when we're looking to grow in our career, you know, you want people who have great things to say about you, who believe in you, who are endorsing you and things like that. So never forget kind of your super fans and cheerleaders. And so, you know, make a list of those people. Also, another type of influencer is a super connector. Um, That's something that I am, because one of my absolute favorite things is connecting people to different opportunities and people. And um, it's just, it comes really naturally to me. And so um, I think that, you know, some of these super connectors are sometimes under the radar, but yet they're making magic happen behind the scenes. So think about your goal and think about some of these different types of influencers that I mentioned, you know, super fans, super connectors, mentors, colleagues who are a couple steps ahead, experts, and add those people to your influencer list.
0: Amazing. And um, once you're, you know, let's say you're building your influencer list, I still couldn't help but feel my own heart kind of close when it was like, okay, people that can help you reach your goals, because I know so many people have the judgment of taking still. So even though it's about how can I add value, are there other any other mindset hacks? you have as people are building this list cuz I imagine as I grab my pen out and I start putting people's names down there's that you know that everyday person who's writing this down right. they're probably feeling like oh my gosh like you know fraud syndrome like how do you get over right. feeling like a fraud like am
1: i ridiculous to put this person's name down or am i even you know entitled to like connect with this person in a meaningful way i mean right now you know for this phase like don't overly judge or censor yourself you know if you've got this goal and there are these people that are coming up for you that who inspire you that make you feel like excited put their names down on the influencer list doesn't mean you have to reach out to them right away there may be a certain order that you approach these influencers but just put their names down mm-hmm. Um, and I recommend that people have about 20 people on their influencer list, maybe a little more, you know, you don't want to just have three people because that's a lot of pressure and there may be people you reach out to that you don't hear back. Mm -hmm. Um, it's better to have a more expansive influencer list. So 20 is good. Um, and then, you know, the other thing is sometimes we, you know, and I'm this kind of person, like I'm a big planner. I kind of like to know how things will unfold right now. Just put their names down. You don't need to figure out like how you would add value or how you're going to find them or you know, how you could get them to support you. Um, Just put the names of those people down. Just have a long list of people that are maybe even feel out of reach and also people who are kind of like, you know, what I call lower hanging fruit people who are more accessible to you.
0: Mm, I love that. And I also found it really interesting, like you can do this for different goals. This doesn't have to be like for your entire career, it could be some piece of your career that you're working on, if it's salary negotiation, or if it's trying to figure out what you want to do with your life. But I know, Selena, you know, you're paid well for what you do. In my coaching practice, in my online courses, I'm paid for what I do. So there's that fine line between honoring what you do and supporting other people. So how do you recommend people approach someone who really is a high value person in their career, they bill for their time in some area. Right. Um, how do you navigate reaching out to somebody in a way that inspires them to wanna respond?
1: Yeah. I love this question. And you know, whenever I reach out to anybody, I just assume that they're an extremely busy person that has no time. And even reading my email is something that is kind of on their to-do list. Um, I think that, you know, when you reach out to people, you want to put yourself in someone else's shoes. And it's very common that there are people that we admire. I mean, I'm sure that there are, you know, I mean, I know there are hundreds of thousands of people that admire the work that you do, Ashley. And you know, people may feel like whether it's you or someone else that they know them so well, maybe they listen to other podcasts, interviews. Or on their newsletter, and the mistake that people have made, including myself before, is you know we meet these people that we admire so much, and when we approach them, it's like a monologue, um, you know, <laughs> where we just talk about ourselves. I'm I've been guilty of this. Because we're so nervous and we're like, you know, it feels like we've got this one shot and we want to impress them. Um, or other times, you know, it's in the form of an email where they're writing like an 11-paragraph email. But when that happens, well, one, it's, it's not natural. Because when – think about how you talk with a friend or how you email with a friend. You know, you may be texting them. It's back and forth. You pause because you know the person's not going anywhere and you just feel at ease. But oftentimes we come into these relationships feeling nervous and afraid of rejection to the point that we're in our head and we're not really authentically communicating.
0: Okay, so what would be the next step doing your research? What do you mean by that?
1: Yeah. So so step number one is you kind of define who your influencers are. Step number two is to do your research on them. The thing is, every person's favorite topic is themselves. I remember when I was at a speaking event, it was the American Women's Business Association. And it was a crowd that I just wasn't as familiar with. Um, And at the end of my talk, someone came up to me and said, I'm on your email list. And all of a sudden that person was the most fascinating person in the room to me. I was like, oh my gosh, wow, you're on my email list. How did you find out about me? Um, and it's just the way it is. We you know, we are interested in ourselves and topics connected to us. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, whenever you're connecting with someone, you want to find something you have in common with them. And it may be that, you know, you greatly appreciate their work, that's had an impact on your life. Maybe you go onto LinkedIn or social media, you see that you've got mutual friends, or you grew up in the same town, or you have a similar hobby. But when you reach out to someone, you know, if someone doesn't know you, everyone's going to have their guard up a little bit. But if people feel like, you know, you're, you're familiar with them, you've been paying attention to them, you're creating like these connection points that feel meaningful, um, that's going to make it easier to build the connection. And, um, the, the third part of this kind of, um, process to developing relationships with influencers is to add value, but you have to do that research to understand, Um, you know, what kind of value you could add to someone's life.
0: I've had the same experience where people, you know, if I'm like at a coffee shop and they come over and they say, I'm on your email list. And I'm like, no way. But there's, I also think Mm -hmm. it offers immediate connection, right? Like it's not just about me. It's like, oh my God, this person sees me. They understand me. And like you you feel yourself soften because um, it's quite disarming yes. for other people to look at you like they understand you. Um, what are some conversational tools? Because let's assume that it's not always happening in a cold email. Like maybe there's a few people on somebody's influencer list and they're going to a conference or they're going to work and the person's there. What are some conversational tools if somebody's done their research and they're wanting to offer value? Like what are some things that they can say to to be charming intentionally, authentically, you know, not like slimy,
1: charming, but oh, absolutely. Yeah. So if you're going to an event, maybe there's a speaker there. Um, you know, one of the things that you could say is, you know, I loved your talk. I loved your story about, you know, and then fill in the blank or you're such an amazing speaker. Um, I, you know, for me, as someone who used to be so terrified of public speaking, whenever someone would say like, oh my gosh, you were so great on stage, you're such an amazing speaker, I would be like, oh my god, you're my favorite person because, you know, I used to worry so much about messing up. Um, so that's one thing that you can say, you know, if it's genuine. Um, another thing I've had people say to me before, um, are things like, and this, this is interesting because you wouldn't expect that this would be a great way to build a connection, but someone said to me, you know, um you know I admire you so much I'm actually so nervous to talk to you and immediately like me or whoever is going to say like oh don't be nervous like you know and like I'm so you know honored that you're here and um you know or, or if you tell someone you know I saw that you were speaking at this event and that's the reason why I came why I traveled you know um across the country or you know all the way here um so those things I think really stand out I mean sometimes when there's like a little bit of vulnerability and um You know, oftentimes when people are looking to build connections with people, we kind of have our guard up a little bit and we're like, how do I make myself look really impressive so that they want to get to know me better? And the thing is that, you know, there's a saying that, you know, if a cup is full, you can't add any water, right? Mm -hmm. There has to be some kind of, you know, um, opening, right, to receive. And so when we act like we've got everything together and it's just kind of one-way dialogue, you know, nowhere to really for anyone to say anything, then it, you know prevent someone from helping you. So I think, you know, one of the reasons why I've built meaningful relationships with people is, um, well, one, people can see that, you know, I'm passionate what I'm doing. I've had, you know, you know, certain amount of success, But I'm also very open and honest about where I'm struggling and where I need help. And people can relate to that because the truth is everyone is, you know, got a challenge in their life. Um, And, you know, when you share your vulnerabilities, people are able to see a piece of themselves in you and it makes them feel more compelled to help you. Mm. Um, So sometimes just being really genuine about kind of admiring a person or 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 needing help can be a great opening to developing a relationship.
0: Well, and I think there's also a middle ground, Selena, right? Because yes, the person who's inspired by you, who traveled for you, like that's all very flattering, but it also somewhat puts a distance between you on a pedestal and them coming for you. And... Yes, we don't want to, um, and, and it works. It's, it's, it's interesting, it's inspiring when somebody says something really kind. But I would think as the speaker, you're still, even if you're kind and you're like, don't be nervous, it still kind of feels like there's a separation between you two in that way. And I almost wonder... Is there something somebody can do to step up even more empowered? Like saying something like, hey, this is the business that I'm in and there's a couple people in my business that I would think would be great for you to connect with. You know, like leading with value right away. Like, I loved your talk. This is, you know, the badassery that I'm up to and I wanna offer you value. Do you feel like, has that ever happened for you or what do you think of that angle?
1: Yeah, I think that could be really great. And that, you know, goes hand in hand with like the research piece and paying attention because you want to get a sense of what the person's goals are like I mean on the one hand you can also figure it out you know if someone is a speaker or if someone is an expert an author there are certain things that are naturally going to be important to them um, and so you may have ideas of who you can connect them to like they're looking to grow their business get more publicity connect with the right people um, so you can certain certainly offer that I think that um, yeah I, I like the idea of offering value right away um, one thing that they'll want to do or you know we all want to do is just make sure that we share some credibility markers about ourselves yes because, that's
0: what I was getting at exactly okay, good.
1: yeah because as people have said to me like oh do you want me to introduce you to so-and-so or I can do this and that for you but then I don't know like do they even have a relationship with so-and-so or you know they're offering help but would they be the right person to help me so having something to kind of back you up, like your credentials, and then making the offer to help would be a lot more effective. Wonderful. And this brings me to
0: taking this even deeper,
1: which is like, what qualifies
0: as like a good credibility, you know, because we live in a world like, is it the university you went to? Is it the job you have the title of your company, your role? Like, what are some things that you think people respond really well to for a credibility marker?
1: Yeah, so I think that people are less interested in like what college you went to unless it's the same college as them because then they feel like that, But even then, that's powerful, right? Like, I'm an alumni too, Uh uh-huh. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, But like, let's say if you're offering to be helpful, whether it's like, oh, I could take foes at your next event or I have, you know, some awesome people to connect you to, it would be, the credibility marker would be connected to the way that you're offering value. So if you're saying you know, you've got awesome people to connect them to. Maybe you would share, like, I, you know, run this annual conference where I work with incredible speakers like X, Y, and Z, and I would love to connect you to them. Um, cause then they're like, okay, like, you know, you have like, a um, you know, meaningful relationship with those people. Or if you're a photographer, you know, maybe you share, um, awards you've won, or you've done this for a lot of events or something connected to that skill.
0: Hmm. And this is also just getting me to think of, like, what are some things that you should really steer clear of when you're walking up to a speaker or somebody at work that you admire? Like, are there a few things um, after you've done your research and you're ready to add value um as you're about to enter into a conversation, if it's not on an email that is like, "Oh my gosh, avoid it at all costs. Like don't say this.
2: The best way to learn a language, immersion. Living where the language is spoken and just using it every day. But if that's not in the cards for you this year, you can still learn a language the second best way, and that's with Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by more than 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations. And since I personally haven't been in France for a while, I love to hop on to Babbel for a few minutes every day and just keep my French up to par. Babbel even helps me with my accent, my pronunciation, so that on my next trip, I'll feel confident stepping off the plane, ready to chat with anyone. Here's a special from Babbel limited time deal for our listeners right now to get 55% off your subscription, but only for the U-Turn community at babbel.com slash U-Turn. So you can get 55% off at b-a-b-b-e-l dot com slash y-o-u-t-u-r-n. Rules and restrictions may apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage, Shopify is just here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, they give you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the entire United States and they are the global force behind Allbirds, Rothys, Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support you and your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash u-turn. Go to shopify.com slash y-o-u-t-u-r-n now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Again, that's shopif com slash u-turn. Hey, U-Turn friends, it's Ash here, and I've got to admit, my closet has been incredibly crammed with a lot of clothes but nothing to wear. The solution? I decided to donate a ton of them and turned to Quince. They are the upgrade for high-quality, affordable pieces. Now I have a wardrobe of luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next. And the best part? I stayed on budget. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands, So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I just love them. I recently got the Italian pebbled leather crossbody bag, and it is the perfect size for a purse when I'm out on a date night, traveling light, or just don't want anything bulky weighing me down. I really love what they're doing. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash u-turn for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's com slash y-o-u-t-u-r-n to get free shipping and 365-day returns. That's quince.com slash u-turn.
0: Hey, you turners. So sorry for the quick interruption, but I want to make sure you know that this episode is brought to you by the Job Offer Academy, the e-course to help you land a new job you love. So if you're sick of applying for jobs and never hearing back, head on over to jobofferacademy.com. Now back to this week's episode.
1: Yeah, I would say like don't say anything negative or controversial. Um, just because when someone's at an event as a speaker, um they need to be, you know on and there are, you know hundreds of people that are looking at them and wanting their attention. So you know, you don't want to throw them off. Like I've hosted events before where you know there'll be that one person who is like really negative about things. like just you know, just find something to be negative about and my team will like make sure to, kind of shield me from that person and have someone else talk to them and be like, I want to talk to Selena. And it's like, you no, know, Selena needs to be kind of, I mean, they won't say that, but like, you know, I need to be on because I to be there for like the 300 other people. So, I mean, that's one thing, you know, positive, don't be negative or like debate things with them, um, that may leave them not feeling great. And then I think the other thing is just recognizing that, you know, when someone is at an event, they're expending a lot of energy. Maybe they were speaking on stage or there are, you know 20 people trying to talk to them at the same time so if you do get into a conversation that's great and sometimes we can feel like wow it feels good to be talking to them for a long time and it's such a win but even if they're being pleasant and smiling like they're going to want to talk to other people or they feel other people like waiting for them so just kind of keep your conversations succinct don't feel like it needs to be like Full like 30 minute conversation, you can always follow up with people later. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, just kind of being aware that there's other people looking to speak to that person is a a way of being respectful.
0: Yeah, you know, somebody once told me every word you say is either adding value or taking up space. Hmm. And it has really shifted how I connect and communicate with people and I think this is when it's the most relevant, is when you walk up to somebody far too often. And I've had this experience, Selena as well speaking. And it happened actually last weekend. I spoke to a crowd of 80 or a hundred entrepreneurs about webinars and, you know, of all things. And a lot of them, I I found somebody come up to me at the end because I also talked about being a career coach and millennials and having a job hunting course and having sold it on a webinar and so many different women got in line to talk to me. And I looked at the clock and I was like, dang, I have to leave in a half hour. And one girl kind of did what you're talking about. Like she's stationed. And you know, energetically, we when you can feel somebody getting comfortable for like the long haul, like, oh, this yeah. is going to be a big conversation. And I don't have the time. And you get kind of nervous. Like, how am I going to gracefully, kindly, with class, um, close the conversation so that I could keep engaging in the world the way I have to be here. Um, right. And so I think one of the most common mistakes I've seen is people wanting so deeply, and maybe it's anxiety or fear, some sort of deep-rooted question that they feel like that expert can answer for them, and they feel like now is that time to get it answered. Um, So kind of just following up on what you're saying is like, if you're ever trying to talk to somebody that you are inspired by making sure that your questions are not something that are, is so personal that there needs to be like a whole ton of detail uh, because then you're, you're burning the bridge versus building one, you know? Yeah, I agree. I'm sure that's happened to you plenty of times, but on the most part, people are really lovely and you know, everybody means well. Okay. So what's your next step after offering value and doing your research, creating the list, yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Okay.
1: So step number four is staying in touch. So, um, you know, when you meet these incredible people and you build your network, whether it's, you know, experts who admire from afar, or even colleagues and people in your industry, people at work, you want to maintain that relationship. Um, so there's different ways to stay in touch with people. Um, you know, when you go to an event, I think it's a really good practice to, you know, add everyone on LinkedIn or on Facebook, if that feels, you know, for Facebook, if that feels appropriate. Um, and then just sending them a little note to stay in touch, or maybe even like taking a picture of you two together and like texting it to the other person, but some other kind of touch point, like afterwards to stay in touch. And another thing that I love to do is I love to organize events that bring people together. So I, um, often do these like influencer and media mixers in New York city. And I co-host it with a friend, um, who's also just really passionate about connecting people and we each invite, you know, interesting people. And then we ask those guests to like next time, you know, um, recommend their friends. And it's a great way to stay in touch with people because, You know, it's hard, like, if you're meeting lots of people to have kind of one-on-one conversations with them consistently, but if you can create an event where you bring together 20 people and you're getting to reconnect with all of them and you're creating that greater value by bringing them all together, that's, like, a powerful way to show up as a leader and really nurture those relationships. And, I mean, there's so many ways to do it. I mean, you could organize, like, a brunch on a Sunday, um, you know, with like a small group of like six people, or it could be, you know, after work drinks, or it could even be, you know, getting involved in like some awesome cause or fundraiser. But I'm always thinking about you know, how can I stay in touch with my contacts and my, my relationships and really, you know, cultivate them.
0: Mm, I love that. And I, it's something that I think is really accessible for anybody to be doing, no matter where you're at in your career is if you really think about it, you probably know uh, at least a handful, a very small handful of people who are of influence in their career. And, um, it it could be a really amazing idea to just invite them all saying that you're doing a dinner of people that you think have a really uh, inspiring career and you wanted to invite them and make them feel special. That's amazing. Um, You know what this makes me think of, Selena, is kind of like business in general. There's always the companies that have the money, and then there's the companies that put the deal together, right? Right. And it's kind of essentially what you're talking about is – you know, the guy, the people who put the deals together, their genius is at it. If they are, you know, they're hustling, they're building relationships. And because of them, whatever the money that the people who have money have, it's going to expand. It's going to increase because they know how to put a good deal together. I think that's kind of like networking. It's like, maybe you're somebody right now that doesn't have a big network, but if you can start putting your network together, like really drawing on those inspiring people, um, and expand from there,
1: I think, uh, I mean, just, what an amazing idea. I love it. Um, anything else to add to that? Well, yeah, I do. Like, so at these networking events, you know, one of the things that, um, I love to do is have people go around and share, um, well, two things. One is something that they're really excited about and proud of. You know, a lot of people are not naturally going to brag about themselves. Um, but when you give them that permission, like everyone has to share something really, you know, that they're excited about, Um, something that's big in their world, something that they're proud of, then people are kind of, you know, people feel good sharing it and people are seeing like the best of someone. Mm -hmm. And it can also give people an idea of how they could be helpful. Um, And then the other question, um, you know, I love to ask people is, you know, how can we help you? And usually people aren't always asked that so directly. And we, you know, I tell people like, just say the first thing that comes to your mind, it could be, I'm looking for a boyfriend, (laughs) you know, it could be, I'm looking to reduce my anxiety, you know, whatever it is. Um, because you know, when you know, just so kind of straightforwardly what someone needs help with and it's easy to help someone.
0: Mm, I love that. And, um, you were saying stay in touch, but there's also the art of following up, right? So yeah, how do you recommend gracefully following up? Because I know that there's that fine line where we all kind of walk where it's like we're gracefully following up and then we become a nag. How How do you walk that?
1: Yeah, sure. So a lot of people, you know, are busy and they don't have time to, you know, kind of get on follow up calls and things like that. So I think the best way to follow up is really kind of like no strings attached, just being like it was so awesome meeting you. Um, You know, I'm excited to stay connected and. um you know, hope to see you at the next event or whatever it we You're going to be offering a way that you could be helpful or I'm going to check out that book that you recommended, but like kind of a personal note to show that you were paying attention. Maybe it's just like connecting with them on LinkedIn or sending them a quick note or sending them a text message or whatever it is. Um, so you have each other's contact information. You're just following up in a way where the person feels like appreciated. And they're like, oh, wow, this person took the time because they care about the relationship. But it's not like following up being like, being like, oh, let's get on the, a call I mean, sometimes, you know, if you did have a really great conversation, you get the sense that, like, you know, it would be beneficial for both of you to continue the conversation that there were things that were left unfinished, then absolutely. But, you know, it's not like, you know, you need to, like, the person is going anywhere, um, and also, you know, one way that we kind of stay in touch, or i stay stayed in touch with people, is even just, like, my presence on social media, you know, when you connect with people on social media, when you're posting reg- regularly, like, people see what's going on, like, I was at a party the other night, and some people were, like, wow, you know, I saw your photos in the Bahamas, or I saw your um, pictures from your most recent photo shoot and i wasn't individually conversing with them but i was sharing what was happening in my world online and therefore you know people knew what was happening
2: mm,
0: so interesting and um you know i think often about staying in touch with people and you said maybe you know adding people on LinkedIn and I know you know as a career coach this is definitely not my first time talking about LinkedIn it's such a sacred you know networking yeah. space but how do you suggest people do that because let's say you're at an event or you're you know at work and maybe you don't know their last name or like what is a smooth way cuz i would suggest just being like hey let's connect on LinkedIn before you go you know and finding them but is is that awkward like what would you suggest
1: yeah, I mean, let's see. So, if you're talking to someone at an event, and um, yeah, I mean, I think oftentimes people will be like, oh, you know, do you have a card? Or, uh, you know, what's your last name? I would love to stay in touch on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's perfectly fine to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes when at events, like, you know, like, You know, I and other people will even take, like, photos of each other's, like, name badges, you know, as a way to, like, remember who we were just talking to. Um, And it can be helpful to have, like, a little notebook uh, in your bag to just, like, jot down people's names or notes that you want to remember, like, after you finish talking to them. Or, you know, maybe if they give you a business card, if it's blank at the back, you could write, like, a note or two just, you know, so that you remember um, some of those details.
0: Mm -hmm. And then the final step you had was ask for help. And I can feel anybody who's listening being like, oh, how do I do that part?
1: So yeah, what I know this is so nerve-wracking for people. Um, so this is assuming that you followed all the other steps and you have created value for the person that you've been following up and just been a helpful, positive person in their world. So the thing is, all of us need help, but it can feel so scary to ask. We're afraid to offend the other person, to make the other person feel like we're using them. But the truth is that there's this cycle, right, of giving and receiving. When you give, it's natural for someone to want to give back to you. You. It actually feels fulfilling. Um and so you know, but the thing is knowing what you know, what you can ask for. So there's this technique that my mentor Ramit Sethi, um refers to as the straight jacket technique. And just imagine yourself, you know, in a straight jacket, really like forcing yourself for like 30 seconds to be in this other person's shoes. And, you know, when you want to make a request, think about how is that going to land for them? Is it something that's going to be easy for them to fulfill? Or is it going to be something that feels uncomfortable as something you think might Make them uncomfortable. Then I would kind of be careful about that. Um, one of the things that I do to when I am making ass, I try to make it light and give people an easy way out. So I may even be like, um, you know, I'll say something like, you know, hey, I just want to run an idea by you. I was thinking, you know, X, Y, and Z. Like, so it could be like, I just want to run an idea by you. Um, you know, I'm hosting an event coming up, and you know, I know that my audience loves your work so much. You know, I was wondering if you would like to speak at my event, um, and kind of share about like, what's in it for them. Like, you know, I think this would be really good because I know that you have a book coming out soon. A lot of people in the audience, um, are people with, you know, email lists and great social media following that could totally see them getting behind your book. Um, you know, let me know something that you'd be interested in, um, You know, and there's different types of asks we might make, whether it is um, asking for an introduction, asking for like an endorsement on LinkedIn or something else. Um, Oftentimes, another tip I have is to ask, for advice versus big favors. So like, let's say you are looking to grow your brand, right? And you're looking to write for like Forbes and you have a colleague who has written for Forbes rather than saying, Hey, can you give me your Forbes contact? Or, Hey, can you introduce me to the head editor there? Uh, You know, it'd be better to ask for advice. So that would look like, you know, Hey, I really, you know, I'm, I am so impressed like that you're writing for Forbes. Like I I love your most recent article and it's actually on my wish list to be doing, you know, more guest posting and i was wondering if you could give me any advice um you know on on how to get that kind of opportunity because um, that will then get someone talking and then maybe you could even, you know, if you feel comfortable saying something like, you know, okay, I'm going to put together a pitch. Would you mind taking a look at the pitch before I send it? Like, totally understand you don't have time. Um, and the person says yes. You know, that's awesome. And so then your pitch will be in much better shape to, you know, send to the media and there's a chance that they read your pitch and they're like, oh my gosh, this is so great. Let me just forward this to my editor. Um, so those are some ways to make ass without, you know, kind of asking for something really big that makes someone uncomfortable right away. Mm-hmm. I love
0: that. And I know that there's so much expertise you have on how people can create a personal brand that gives them even more credibility, whether you're, you know, somebody, a working professional or an entrepreneur. Um, what would you say is one or two things that somebody can do right now or consider right now putting effort towards in their life to build a a stronger personal brand that people that don't know them would trust them more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, all of us have our superpowers. And we want to get really clear on what we want to be known for. And so, um one of my mentors refers to this as like our front of the house superpowers and our back of our the house superpowers. So, for me, you know, I'm someone who's like very organized, I plan in advance. Um, I really love structure and that's helped me become really successful in my business, but that's kind of a more of like a back of the house superpower that I have in my back pocket, but it's not something I really advertise. Um, you know, but the thing that I'm known for that I'm also like really passionate about, which is a front of the house superpower is being that super connector, building relationships with really hard to reach people. Um, you know, connecting people to opportunities and things like that. So as humans, there's so many things that we're good at, but with a personal brand, you know, we don't want to, you know, share like seven. And different ideas because it's hard for someone to remember you. You want to develop a reputation as a go-to person for something uh, who is highly skilled at certain things. And so you have to be intentional about what you want to be known for. Amazing.
0: And um, let's say, you know, you get clear, like, I want to be known for um, let's say you're a professional in marketing. You want to be known for having innovative ideas in marketing. What are yeah. a couple ways that you could put yourself out there. I mean, I guess it's a funny example because I'm doing a marketing person. They should know.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. But so, it's so ironic.
0: But what would be a couple things that are maybe outside of the typical box or mindset that everyone would have right now that they could start doing to create a stronger personal brand and identity?
1: Yeah. So if you want to be known as being someone who is innovative, creative and thinking out of the box, I mean, one of the most powerful things is to have somebody else say those things about you, because it's one thing for you to tell the world, oh, I'm so great at this. But it's another thing for someone who um, is influential to say that. So do you have mentors, supervisors, colleagues, friends? Um, who could write a LinkedIn recommendation, you know, oftentimes when people say to me, Selena, can you write an endorsement for me? Can you give me a testimonial? i always ask them, well, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to touch on? Like, are there some main points you want me to get across? Um, and so have those things ready for people. Um, obviously, you know, they're going to, it's going to be in their own words, but you can even give them some bullet points and say, you know, I really want to emphasize this, or this is like a possible idea you could include or, you know, and, and give them examples so that can help you get testimonials that really build your personal brand so that's one thing another thing is guest posting Um, whether you start your own blog where you're writing about your thoughts on marketing or maybe you are writing for an industry blog and it could be you know writing about like a marketing campaign that you did and the biggest lessons or you could be you know get like critiquing like some of the most innovative campaigns of the year. Um, so that's something that you could do. Um, you could also be doing, you know, speaking events and create a signature talk um, that really highlights your superpower. So mm. those are Three things that someone could do to really, you know, build their personal brand around their superpower.
0: Amazing. And I think that for uh, a lot of people posting online, there it's kind of an enigma. I know, you know, I write for Forbes. I'm sure you've done so many posts, Selena. Um, yeah. What would be some things to consider for somebody who is that marketing professional or that counterterrorism professional or whatever their job is um, that could start, get started because I think the idea of publishing online, it feels kind of nebulous. Like what are a few logistical steps somebody could take?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the way to get started, the easiest thing is to get testimonials because there are people in our world who appreciate our work and we just need to kind of ask them to offer that testimonial. Um, so I would I would start there. Um, but then in terms of writing, I mean, I think that, you know, we sometimes we just don't know what to write about. So think about, like, What are some common questions that people have, you know, um, when it comes to your area of expertise? What are some areas where they're feeling challenged or things that they're confused by? Or is there, you know, I mean, if you're a thought leader, like what is you know, something that you want to be known for, um, you know, coming up with your expert topics, you know, so for me, some of my expert topics are, you know, around networking and publicity. And I write a lot about those. Um, but you could even, you know, pose it like to, if you, you know, for me, I, you know, will post on Facebook sometimes and, and get people's opinions on things. And so someone could say like, you know, I'm looking to do more writing about my work around marketing and innovation. Are there any questions you have or what would you like to hear more about from me? Uh, But you can just kind of start having conversations with people to get feedback on what they would be most interested in.
0: And I loved your suggestion for the marketing professional of positioning themselves online and posting an article about like the top four marketing campaigns of the year, because that is such an incredible authoritative stance to be taking as someone in the workforce. And I think it's an immediate positioner. Um, So let's say, you know, John Doe has never posted online. Would, Would the first thing, be like figuring out what platform to publish and like who the editor is or what would you recommend he he do to get started
1: yeah well actually you know as you were talking i just got an idea so sometimes it doesn't have to be pieces that we've written maybe on social media and on twitter we are sharing articles other experts have written about our area of expertise and we're serving as that curator that can also build your brand um so that could be a good place to start, um, but if you're looking to guest post, you know the first step would be to identify websites that um, offer guest posting opportunities. And there's different ways to do that. I mean, you could do a search online. Like for example, if you write about want to write about personal development, you could you know search top 100 personal development blogs or top 100 self help websites. Right? People have done that research, and there are lists of top 50, top 100 sites. Um, So that could be a place to get started, or you could ask a friend who has been doing guest posting, um, you know, like different options for you. Um, A third technique that I have is a follow the leader technique. So like, let's say you are a career expert and you know, identify five other career experts in your industry who have been really getting their name out there. So you have those five people's names and then you start to do research on them. You know, you might um, put their, you know, name in Google and type in the word interview or guest blog or bio or, or the word buy or whatever it is. And then you'll see the different types of media they've got, right? Or if you go onto iTunes, you could, um, you know, go into the podcast section and search for their name and all the podcasts that they've been featured on on iTunes will show up. And so you've got these five leaders and you're you're kind of making a list of all the media that they've gotten, then you can go back and look at those media outlets to see if they would also be a fit for you.
0: Mm, I love that. What a hack. And at that point, would they just figure out like who the editor is and email them? I know, I know a lot of this because I own a ghostwriting house called Cake Publishing, named oh, cool. after the fact that I eat a lot of cake. Um, and so we do a lot of this work, but I'm curious for everybody listening, since you're such a genius at this, um, what what would be something approachable? You know, like so, let's say they identify 15 websites that they're like, I want to post a blog on there. Um,
1: email the editor and pitch them, and just letting them know they want to write the piece. Yeah, I mean, so it depends, you know, sometimes on the website they'll have very specific instructions like, you know, send your submission to this email address. And sometimes I even say like, you want to see the full guest post written, um, or, you know, send us three story ideas. So they will tell you typically what they're looking for. Um, now, even if they don't give you a name, I do suggest trying to find the name of someone who works there. So you could go on to like say LinkedIn and then just do an advanced search for the company name and a keyword, maybe like editor or contributors editor and see who comes up. And when you start looking up people, there will be um, something that pops up that says people that viewed this person also viewed that person. And you start discovering, you know, more and more people at that company. Um, but usually if you just spend like, you know, 10 minutes on LinkedIn, you will be, able, or even less, um, you'll be able to find a name of somebody who works there.
0: Gosh, LinkedIn is just such a gem. Like the more I talk about it, the more I love it. Um, uh-huh. well, this has been amazing. Are there a couple of books or is there a book you're reading now that you recommend and that you love?
1: I mean, you know, I love books on relationship building. And so um, two of the best books I've read have been um, Adam Grant's Give and Take and also Keith Verazzi's Never Eat Alone. So I definitely recommend people check that out.
0: Amazing. I know Keith and he is so incredible at what he does. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, final question is just what is the best advice you've ever gotten in your career?
1: Yeah, I mean, the best advice I've ever gotten is that your greatest happiness lies on the other side of your greatest fear. And when I think about my career and my business, you know, the only way that I've really gone to the next level is by doing something scary. Yeah. And I'm the kind of person, I feel like the people that are attracted to you actually are also the kind of people that want to reach their full potential in life. They don't want to just, you know, kind of have this mediocre existence. They want to really see what, what their, what's, possible for them. They want to stretch themselves. Um, uh, and it can feel sometimes so terrifying at first and so uncomfortable. Um, but you know, there's that saying, what, what does not kill you and it makes you stronger? Right. Um, and yeah, I've always felt better when I've taken those, you know, leaps in my business and my career.
0: Wonderful. This has been amazing. Where can everybody find you, follow you, learn about you?
1: Yeah, so they can go to selenasoo.com to learn more about me. It's S-E-L-E-N-A-S-O-O. And I've got a video training there, um, which is um, all about how to connect with VIPs and influencers. And so if they want more training around this, I share um, three of my top strategies to do that. So they can check it out at selenasoo.com. Thank you so much for
0: being here. I really, really appreciate you. And I, I know you're busy. Uh, thanks for stopping in your day to be with me.
1: Yeah,
0: thank you, Ashley. Yeah. Hey there, it's Ash here, and I am just reflecting on this amazing episode with Selena Sue. She's such an inspiration. She's obviously built herself up Uh, just through a career of knowing people and creating relationships that translate into abundance, whether it's PR or business opportunities. And I'm always really inspired by meeting people like her because I love to be that person in other people's lives. And it's such a gift, you get to connect with people and the better you learn how to build authentic relationships, the more you can create so much for other people by bringing two amazing people together. I mean, I can't tell you how many marriages, best friendships, uh, business deals that I've just accidentally put together because I like to connect people. But I wanted to talk to you now about a thought that was coming up for me, and the thought is around the three types of mentors and which one may be a fit for you. So, The first type of mentor that a lot of people don't realize exists is a sponsor. And the biggest difference between a mentor and a sponsor is that while a mentor is going to dull out really good advice for you, sponsors are usually the people that make things happen for you in the workplace. So they're the people who are more action oriented. They're somebody that you want. To build a relationship with at work somebody who has some sort of power and it doesn't mean that you have to go into that stickiness of getting to know somebody because they're more powerful than you but it does mean that you want to get curious about who's in your workplace that you can feel an authentic bond with and that means making an effort to use your lunch breaks to get to know different people and if you're an introvert or you kind of max out and your lunch breaks are kind of your sacred time i just recommend setting aside you know, maybe one lunch a week where you make an effort to fill it with somebody at work that you could see as potentially a mentor, a sponsor, or even just a friend. Um, So how do you identify a sponsor that can help make the most valuable connections for your career path? Um, You know, for one hand, if, if you're in your workplace, you can go around and just try to build that authentic connection, but on the other hand, let's say you're trying to change jobs, you're trying to go somewhere else, and you want to start building a relationship with potential sponsors, I would recommend using social media as a tool to first look at LinkedIn, figure out who is in a position that could really be helpful to you in a company you would love to be in, and then secondly, reach out to them, uh, whether it's through Twitter or other forms of social media or through a direct message on LinkedIn, asking for a cup of coffee over your lunch break, letting them know you're happy to come to them, and make yourself available at their convenience. If you make it a commitment on a weekly basis to build a relationship with someone new, it could be so powerful uh, in finding that sponsor for your career. The second type of mentor, and this would be me as a career coach, a business coach, and a life coach, is a paid mentor. Uh, I have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars of my own business revenue in paid mentors. There's someone that You know, you guessed it, they ask for a price in exchange for mentorship and If you've never worked with a paid mentor before, you're probably going to experience some sort of sticker shock because my first paid mentor was $10,000 and I sold my car and walked around LA for six months until I could afford a new one just to be able to hire her. But it was one of the most powerful decisions that I made in my life, not just because of what I learned from this mentor, but because it was a way of me stepping into my own power and saying, I am willing to invest in me. And if you heard the episode with Benjamin Hardy about how willpower doesn't work our first episode of the u-turn podcast he covers a lot of topics but one of the topics he covers really well is this idea that the difference between an amateur and a pro is that a pro actually invests money in their dreams um, so a paid mentor is an incredible way to do that and then the third type of mentor is the unpaid mentors so just because you're getting help for free doesn't mean that unpaid mentors are any less valuable in fact it's it's important to note that mentoring isn't just a one-way street. In the mentor-mentee relationship, there's an obvious flow of benefits being given to the protege as far as you know, advice and guidance go, but mentors are also gaining advantages in this deal. I can't tell you how many times I would meet with people uh, when I moved to Washington, D.C. and was seeking out my first job in counterterrorism. I remember thinking, what do I have to offer all of these people who are meeting me for coffee? But sure enough, all of these wise, incredible professionals who put their time into cups of coffee and lunch with me went out of their way to help me, whether it was looking at my resume or recommending me to somebody. The moment I landed foot in my position in management for the Pentagon, I heard from so many of them that needed a contact or needed a meeting at the Pentagon. And I was so happy to help them. And I was so excited to be able to return the favor and to see this as a way of nourishing my network. And like I said with Selena, I never approach somebody without very first thinking, how can I add value to their life? So please know that no matter who you are, no matter what your circumstance, no matter where you are, there is value that you can add. Even if your resume is empty, it won't always be empty. Uh, So know that the people who meet with you aren't just investing in who you are today, they're investing in all of the amazing things that you and I both know that you're gonna be. So just some post-episode notes after Selena Sue, and I'm so grateful for you listening, and I can't wait to connect with you on the next episode.